Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. How are you today, sir? I'm tired, Bill. I got to tell you what happened last night. I I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. 4.30. And I couldn't get back to sleep. I started yeah. thinking about what's happening in our world. And I You're not the only sleep. one that feels that way, just so you know. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. They're tired. They're wore down. They're wore down by what's going on in the world. They're wore down by the news. They're wore down because they're worried about what's going to happen in the future and to themselves and, more importantly, their children. They, they, mm. The only time that they feel safe with their kids is when they're at home under their wing, and that's pretty damn sad. Well, you know, that- I'm thinking last night, most of my life is behind me. I've had a life, but I have grandchildren, you know, and I have children, and they deserve to live in a more secure and safe world than this administration is uh, leading us towards. Well, if we go by where they're leading us and if everything is all true in the numbers, well, not the numbers, but the 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 narrative is there for what they're saying. Mm-hmm. If you've got 10 grandkids, maybe four will survive and have a future. What oh that future God. is, I don't know. But think about that. If you've got 10 kids, which six do you want to give up to the future? Because that's really, and I hate to say it, and that sounds mean and terrible. And Bill, you're throwing out hate speech, but it's what they say they want to reduce the population. The thing that kept me up last night, I, I thought to myself, if I were an enemy of the United States, I'm not talking about Russia. I'm talking about uh, Iran or one of these other, uh, you know, bad actors out there. Um, now would be a time to set off uh, some kind of terrorist device in our country, maybe even a suitcase nuke, and start World War Three. I mean, the first reaction on our part, if there were uh, an explosion who like that, it? who? well, you'd right off the bat, that'd be, I'm sure they'd hit the switches towards Russia, and Russia would hit the switches towards us. In the meantime, it might be something that was set off by Iran. Or, or, or by us. Well, that that's that that is so that is so hard to fathom. Um, I, I don't even want to go there. But I mean, you're right. It could be, it could have been done. But there's so many terrorists that are coming across the border right now, and you know they're not coming across to see Disney World. They're coming across to cause trouble, and and the environment is is perfect for them to do something nefarious. And, um, I lay in bed last night thinking this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. Um, I, I listened to Tucker Carlson last night and I got to play this for you. It's a little, it's a little long bill, but he is, he's like us. The reason why, you know, we play Tucker a lot on our show is he, he kind of thinks like us. I mean, he comes to the same conclusions independently, by the way. Bill and I do our show before he does his show. But we always seem to kind of mesh, which is, I think, interesting. It means that I think that we're on the right path when it comes to doing political analysis. We've got our pulse on the finger of America. And last night... I got the finger on the pulse of America. I got that back. That's, that's okay. We got something on the pulse. <laughs> um, but Tucker said last night, and I want you to hear this, 
I mean, it, he says some funny things in this bit, but he also says essentially that we are at war with Russia now. Yes, we are. Listen to this. The question of who blew up Russia's energy pipelines to Europe, which is not just a question in the news, it's a historical question, we've addressed it a couple of times already, is not really much of a question anymore. So on television, they're assuring you that obviously the Russians did it. Vladimir Putin sabotaged his own pipelines. With his nation at war, Putin intentionally destroyed Russia's most vital national asset. Now, why, you ask yourself, would Putin do that? Well, because... Because, well, actually, no one's explained why Putin would do something like that. Bad people do bad things. That seems to be the idea. Former CIA director John Brennan showed up on CNN the other day to add his version of the story. And it was clear right away that this was no ordinary cable news segment. Brennan was instead conducting a scientific experiment designed to determine just how stupid CNN viewers are. Now, these are the people who believed Joe Biden when he told them COVID was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. These are the ones who think men can become women just by saying so. So clearly they are highly credulous. But the question remains, just how credulous are they? What won't they believe? Well, in the name of science, John Brennan decided to find out. Watch. Do you think Russia is behind the sabotage of the pipelines? Well, I think all the signs point to some type of sabotage. These pipelines are only in about 200 feet or so of water, and Russia does have an undersea capability to that would easily lay explosive devices by those pipelines. I think this is uh, clearly a, a, an act of sabotage of some sort, and, and Russia is certainly the most likely co uh, suspect. <laughs> Do you think the Russians did it? Hmm, that's the anchor. Do you think the man with four bullet holes in his head committed suicide? Oh, yes, says John Brennan. The Russians are certainly the most likely suspect. Well, of course they are. Did you ever doubt it? Once Putin got done electing Donald Trump president and then finished creating Hunter Biden's fake laptop and dropping it off at a Mac repair shop in Delaware, Putin set about sabotaging his own natural gas pipelines, which were his main source of foreign currency and leverage over Europe. That's how tricky Vladimir Putin is. Obviously, his next move will be nuking Moscow, all part of his diabolical plan to achieve world domination by destroying himself. That's effectively what John Brennan told CNN's viewers. Did they believe him? Sure they did. John Brennan used to run the CIA. He knows which lies work. He's an expert. Now, Tony Blinken, by contrast, is not an expert. He's a failed rock musician who somehow became the Secretary of State of the United States. He's, of course, happy to lie, does it a lot, but he's not especially good at it. At the beginning of last week, Blinken was pretending to be baffled by the sabotage of Nord Stream. No one benefits from this, he said. Not in a million years could he imagine who would do something like that. It was just unfathomable. But that was Tuesday. By Friday, Blinken had dropped the pose and admitted that actually we did it. Now, Tony Blinken didn't use quite those words, but there was no mistaking what he meant. Watch. It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and thus to take away from Vladimir Putin the weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant and that offers tremendous um, strategic opportunity for, um, for the years to come. 
don't have a super long attention span, but this was pretty compressed in the space of like four days. So last Tuesday, the largest act of industrial terrorism in our lifetimes was a baffling crime, said Tony Blinken. But by Friday, that same event had become, quote, a tremendous opportunity, in fact, a tremendous strategic opportunity for the years to come. It's a good thing. Now that's an admission. That's the clearest admission we're ever going to get. No one could miss it, least of all the Russians. The Biden administration is responsible, either directly or through proxies, for the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines and the environmental catastrophe and the economic collapse that will certainly follow. That is true. It's done. So the question is, where does that leave us? And that's the problem. This act leaves us, the United States, with no option but total war with Russia. There is no off-ramp now. There is no way out. We are all in, no matter what that means, no matter where it goes. Are you shocked by this? Was there a vote on this? Did someone ask your opinion? No. But it's been happening for months in slow motion. It's been hidden from public view by the near total blackout imposed by America media, media outlets. She probably didn't know any of the details. For example, in March, the Turkish government tried to broker a peace in Ukraine, and they came very, very close. It wasn't reported widely. Ukraine was prepared to guarantee neutrality, meaning it would not join NATO. That's what the Russians wanted above all. And in return for that, the Russian government would withdraw its forces from Ukraine. And that might have been a neat solution. Certainly for the rest of us, the global economy wouldn't need to be destroyed. Nobody would die in a nuclear war. Negotiations to that point advanced to the stage that Vladimir Putin pledged to meet with Zelensky to sign a truce treaty, and Zelensky was ready for it too. And we're quoting, I'm ready for a dialogue, he announced. But sadly, Zelensky could not act alone. Despite what you may hear on NBC News, Zelensky is not the independent leader of a democratic nation. No, not even close. That is a fiction. Zelensky is a client of the Biden administration, which runs his country. And ideologues within the Biden administration did not want a negotiated peace in Ukraine. They wanted all along, and it's very clear now, a regime change war against Russia, period. Okay, so what did we learn from that? What did we learn? We learned that we're, we're at war, whether we know it or not, with Russia right now. We have a, an army that is a proxy um, army for us. If you were wondering from the beginning why we were supplying so much equipment right off the bat. So much so, by the way, I was to reading. fight our war. Yeah. I was just reading this morning, and we have depleted our, our uh, stores. Munitions. Munitions stores. We have less equipment now than any other time that we've been in war, meaning we had a lead-up time for World War One to prepare, and we built up our armament. In World War Two, we had some lead-up time to build up some armament for World War Two. So we were ready for it, sort of. Not totally, but sort of. We had no lead-up time for this. This was like instantaneous, send all of our stuff over there. So what has happened is a full closet over here has become an empty closet, and a full an empty closet over in the Ukraine has become a full closet. We've given a lot of our stuff away. And uh, and they are fighting a proxy war. This guy, yeah. this guy Zelensky... He is a puppet for our government. You know, they had, did you hear what he said? Turkey had brokered a peace with uh, Russia and the Ukraine. Not, this is mm -hmm. like just a few months ago. I guess he said March or April. They had brokered a peace and uh, Ukraine agreed they wouldn't join NATO. And Russia said, 
If you don't join NATO, we'll pull our troops out. And you know who pulled it apart? We did. Yeah. Well, you know what? You and I, we talked about this way back in the early part of the year. And that's all Russia ever wanted. And when we were looking like the bad guys, oh, how are you siding with Russia? They just didn't want NATO on their doorstep. That's all they didn't want. And actually, why is that? Well, Russia, if you if you go back before all of this in the Biden administration mm-hmm. with Putin in office, he was he was man of the year at one time, and they he was a golden boy, and Russia was a great country in our eyes. But something changed when the election changed, and now all of a sudden he's the bad guy. At one time, though, Putin wanted to be. He asked if they could be a member nation of NATO, and it was, um, oh, what was that? Clinton that laughed in his face. So you know, I would submit that it, this started in two thousand eight with Barack mm-hmm. Obama, and yeah. I believe he led up to this. I I think they always planned on having a confrontation with Russia. I think that when Trump got into office, that was a massive uh, disruption of their plans. That's why they kept saying he's a plan for the Russians, Russia, 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 as Trump would say. You know, everything that that uh, Trump was doing was something he was doing for Russia. You know? Well, it's uh, it's it's now very obvious uh, if you if you pay attention to what's going on and read a lot of the stories. Barack Obama orchestrated, you know, the the election and what happened in 2020. Mm. Was it stolen or not stolen? Well, hey. you be the judge of that. Bill, what? 26, yeah. I think 16 was supposed to go to Hillary. They figured it. They knew they had it. But Trump upset that apple cart. Yeah. And Obama says, well, one term is okay, but two, well, that'd be disastrous because they have the machine in place to get his plan going, and it is not the plan that you think that America good, America very bad. Let me tell you how important it is to have judges in your back pocket. I'm speaking about uh, George Soros and company. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, Mike Lindell's lawsuit, I Got guess thrown. he he uh, sued that, uh, dom- what, what was it, that he was trying to stop the Dominion suit. I guess right. Dominion is suing him and uh, Sidney Powell and uh, Rudy Giuliani and some other people. They're all named in this uh, lawsuit. And it got as far as the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court threw it out yesterday. And that says to me there's more going on here. Well, you know, it's interesting. And maybe I'm wrong in this, but it seems that the countries like us that use the Dominion machine and say, oh, there's nothing going on here. It's this great machine. And Good point. It's all doing well. We're all the countries that have unrest and upset and turmoil. Now, how the hell do you figure that one? Everywhere Dominion's involved is going to. Now, I know don't what. know what machine they're using in Brazil, but all they use for voting are machines. Mm. They don't, they don't use paper ballots. Everything is done with a voting machine in Brazil. That being said, Bolsonaro and uh, the guy he was running against, the liberal, they came in uh, basically a dead heat. Now, if you saw Bolsonaro speaking uh, in, in front of a crowd, it was like Trump. Massive crowds, big supporters. If you saw his his uh, 
uh, adversary speaking, it would be nothing. You well, know, back to what I just said, and you don't know. Uh, the U.S. found no flaws. The U.S. with our perfect election found no flaws in the Dominion machines in Brazil for his election. Well, so I mean, you, you have to. You, I, I, I point to who it was that did the evaluation. You said the U.S. did. Yes. See, if they if they went down to Brazil, I'm just saying hypothetically, if they went down to Brazil and found a fault with their machines, and they were the same machines used in our 2020 election, what would that say about our 2020 election? I'm just saying, hypothetically. Look, if if I'm if I'm the one that's I'm the thief, and you come to me and go, hey, you stole the election. The hell are you talking about? I didn't steal nothing. Mm -hmm. Prove it. Okay, let us look at the. You ain't getting squat, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do it, and that's it. Take you my know? word for it. <laughs> Take my word for it, because I'm the United States of America. I stand for the red, white, and blue, and I'm honest. But they never could go down. Everything. They never could go down to Brazil and say the machines are faulty. They just can't do it. See? No, they can't. So, so uh, Bill, I, 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 I think that, uh, I think the 2020 election has never been, um, investigated properly, properly vetted. Yeah. I think that we need to have a real honest evaluation of what happened in 2020. Don't just say it's a big lie. Don't just say it didn't happen. Don't just say, you know, uh, Donald Trump's a bad man. Seriously investigate something. Have you ever seen companies over the years that are on the verge of bankruptcy or going through bankruptcy? They're going to go away and then comes an investor because he doesn't see disaster. He sees an opportunity. Yeah. It's greed. And with that company failing, wait, these are voting machines and they might be risky and they can change an election. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know what? Let's just backdoor in and help these guys out, but we control now the vote. You know, and that's that, that's what I see, see that happened here. You know, they got a little help from somebody that wanted to steal elections. I think they've been working on doing this kind of thing since 2000, at least. Oh, but, I think it's before that. But when they had the problem with the computers in 2000, they were using those big old bulky computers with the cards and the, you know, the, the uh, chads. Someone said we've got to we've got to streamline this. We've got to use the best computers. We've got to make the system easier for us to manipulate. And I think they did. I think. Yeah, they, and I think Hillary thought she was going to win in 2016. That's why she was so upset. I was supposed to win. Yes. I do think she got over the loss. She realizes what happened. That the machine just wasn't quite there, and Trump overwhelmed. I think she's settled with that. I don't know that she's ever going to try to come back, but she is in the background. going, hey, she she realized at the end of the day, I'm still the evil queen bitch, and I can pull the strings in the background. And yes, that's what I called her. And so the closer we get to 2024, the closer she gets to making the announcement that she's going to run again. She's she like, She just won't go away. She is bound and determined to be our president. And I think she thinks now that uh, because the system worked for Joe, I mean, if we can make it work for Joe, I, I mean, he did it from his basement. If we can make it work for Joe, 
my goodness, they can make it work for me now and I should be president in 2024. Well, they put Joe in because it was a nice way for Barack Obama to step back into his basement and run everything. You think If you think that there is a cognitive thought in that head of that old guy, but and I'm not making fun of old people. I'm 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 a senior gentleman myself. But here it is. That guy, unfortunately, is suffering from you know a lot of age-related things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he was ever a good man. He was a piece of crap. Still is. But his brain's not there. So somebody else is pulling those strings. And you got Barack in the background and Hillary. You got the old gang that's just all waiting, you know, to come back in and finish what they were doing. You know, Joe was down in uh, uh, Port-au-Ponce, uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, he was down there to talk about aid to uh, Puerto Rico because of the hurricane. They, they got hammered, too, from Ian. So if you notice, if you followed Joe throughout his uh, career, especially recently, when he was running for president, if he went to an Irish community, he was Irish. If he went to a black community, he was black. Please. If he went, yeah. And so Please he, don't tell me he's Puerto Rican now. Listen. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure, since you're part of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and Delaware as well. And I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I spent... So there he is. I think you got it. One more time. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. (laughs) Let me ask you something. Was this jerk that's our president, I was raised a poor black child. Yes. Is he, he, you know, the quasi-poor black child like Steve Martin was in The Jerk? I mean, he's everything. You know, and I bet you if he went to a, uh, an LGBTQ uh, He'd be rally, he would probably <laughs> say, you know, when I was one year old, I realized that, uh, yes. you know, I was actually transgender. The first lady of the United States is standing behind him over the, over his uh, left shoulder. She is cringing when he says stuff like this. Minnesota, Texas, to, to help however they can. And New York sent not only a congressman, one of the most congresswomen in the Congress, but the state troopers and emergency responders. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, serious yes. question. That, yes. Let me ask a relational question here. Yes. Does she really love him, or was she an opportunist? Oh, what do you she's think? She's just trying to keep her puppet alive. Bill, I've asked myself that so many times. What person who loved their husband would force him out onto the world stage in such a impaired way, you know, he's obviously got a lot of, uh, of mental issues right now. Right. And, and every time he goes out there, he, he looks stupid. You know, he was having a terrible time, uh, on the stage in Puerto Rico yesterday. It was sad. So I asked Joe Biden, is this love? What is love? Do you know what love is? Or is this just a freaking opportunity? Well, Coming to fruition for you. She gets a chance to drive, fly around in Air Force One. She's the first lady of the United States. There's a lot of uh, respect and, you know, adulation. I don't respect her. I have no respect no, for but her. she feels it from the sycophants in, in D.C., you know. Where, wherever she walks, she's the first lady down there. They, as far they, as I'm concerned, she can do what Joe did. He went up the sea, tripped up the steps. She can do it going down. I don't care because she has proven what she is to me. Well... She, uh, 
I think she's an opportunist. Okay. Yeah, I do too. And I don't have any, I don't have any warm feelings or love for an opportunist. And I don't have any respect for her because he is not in of sound mind and body, but yet here she is wheeling him out on a, you know, on a dolly. Here's Joe. <laughs> well, I got a question. Right. Do they uh, enact 25th amendment? Uh, I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, where they can actually take him out of office. Uh, I'll look do, it up here in just a second. I actually, I mean, I think game. that maybe now is the time they do that. But the problem is we're going to have Carmela as our president. And are we going from the frying pan into the fire? Well, you don't want her in. See, the first thing you got to do is get her out of there. And there's been talk about that. They need to ditch her off the ticket because she's an idiot. And but can they I ditch even, her? Can they fire her? Can he, can he, he can't remove her now. She was voted in. She had, she has, well, she was, she voted in. Well, was he voted in? Well, he was voted in. I, I, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not really sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure. You got me there. Someone said, I think it was uh, someone in the New York post who said that uh, he's becoming a world embarrassment for the United States. He is every time he goes on stage, he, he performs a gaffe. I didn't realize this happened, and you didn't hear about it in the United States because our media does its damnedest to cover up for this guy. I mean, it really does try to protect him from negative publicity, but it's awfully hard to do when you're on television. But when he was at the funeral of the Queen, mm-hmm. you know, he arrived late. He arrived. Yeah, he got there late. She, yeah. was, she was not properly attired with no. her hat and the whole nine yards. And do you realize he was sitting in the 14th row with uh, the First Lady, and he was clicking his tongue loudly. I mean, he was playing with his tongue, you know, he, while the service is going on, no, thinking it out. <laughs> yeah. And... It made it made the news in England. I mean, it was a big deal because you know people oh, we are watching. Need to get that. That that's got to be that's good stuff. So we have our president sitting in Westminster uh, Abbey, and uh, the Queen is is being buried. We got our Commander in Chief uh, playing with his tongue. Well, uh, he can be you know he can be removed. Twenty uh, fifth you know, Amendment. Office. 25th Amendment, and there's, I think there's provisions, too, that could actually take Kamala out of it. But then, okay, you take Joe out and Kamala out, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, that leaves us with Nancy Pelosi. Wow. Well, I, I got to think, and this is may, <laughs> yeah. maybe the 25th Amendment won't happen until after the midterms especially if the Republicans get it. If the Republicans get it, that means there'd be a new Speaker of the House, might be Kevin McCarthy or somebody like that. Yeah. Do you think the Democrats who want power are going to let that happen? Seriously. Do you think well, they're going to let it happen? Because they are prepared right now if they lose elections, uh, and you can investigate it You know, mm-hmm. if you want to, they are prepared right now to challenge as many elections as they deem fit to keep control. And that'll be okay. The media will support that, but the media won't support President Trump challenging the 2020 election. That that is mind-boggling. 
the, right. uh, the what uh, is is good for the goose should be good for the gander, right? I mean, well, they're already saying a lot of these Republicans that won these are stolen elections by thieves. We are, yeah, you know, uh, it's crazy. And the sycophants out there are going, yeah, they stole the damn election. They they they're the ones with the big lie, and now they're stealing. You know, I was thinking. Thieves. I was thinking this morning while I was lying in bed, <laughs> couldn't get back to sleep, that... Should have just got up and got a pot of coffee going. I should have, but, you know, I kept thinking, hoping against hope that I'd fall asleep. I don't know whether this has ever happened to you, but it's 4.30, I'm lying in bed, wide awake, and I look at the clock, it says 4.30, and then I, look, I figure, well, I'll go to sleep. And I, I think that a long time has gone by, so... Uh, t- sometimes go by and look at the clock again. It says four thirty-five. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on! Yeah, yeah. what and seems I, like an eternity is yeah. three, four, five minutes. <laughs> I, yeah, I've been it's, there before. <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. Um, we are uh, we're in dire straits. I don't know whether uh, I feel like they're aiming us toward a confrontation with Russia, and I cannot figure for the life of me why. Why are we allowing ourselves to be put in a situation where, even accidentally, we may get into a nuclear war? Well, yeah, accidentally we could, but I think there are people that would love to see it because it would uh, it would cross a lot of things off on their list that they want to achieve: reducing the population, maintaining control, you name it. They got it, and you know, we know now that we blew up the Nord Stream. And that's a that's a given. It would that was either they still haven't admitted it, but it's obvious. I mean, yeah, it's obvious. And uh, you know, with the audio that we just heard, yeah, okay. So we blew it up, and that is a blatant act of war. Uh, this was a very imperialistic move. You know, we're talking about we are in a. For, we are an empire. We're an imperialistic you know, country. To, to what to your point, I'm going to play again what Tony Blinken said yeah. on Friday. Uh, it was played during Tucker's clip, but it's important that you hear it again. This is the Secretary of State saying essentially right. we did it. Ultimately, um, this is also a tremendous opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to once and for all remove the dependence on Russian energy and thus to take away from uh, Vladimir Putin. The weaponization of energy as a means of advancing uh, his uh, imperial designs. Uh, that's very significant, and that offers tremendous um, strategic opportunity for, um, for the years to come. But meanwhile, we're determined to do everything we possibly can uh, to make sure that the consequences of all of this are not borne by citizens in our countries, or for that matter, around the world. How would we like it if the Japanese... Uh Secretary of State in 1941 uh, came out and said about Pearl Harbor that this affords us a a wonderful opportunity to increase our military presence in the. I mean, really, I mean, essentially, that's what he just did, and I can see where Tucker and his his people have come to the conclusion that that's a direct admittance that he did it. That that no, it is. I mean, what I just heard, and you know, you know, Russians imperialistic desires. Well, let's let's be honest here. You know, we're an empire too. Whether you want to admit it or not, we're an empire. And what do empires do? Now, we've depleted all of our hardware, given it to the Ukraine to fight a proxy war. They've got it. We're out of it. So, in a small skirmish, we really can't defend ourselves. 
Oh, but can we? Well, we have one thing up our sleeve, and that's nukes. Mm -hmm. Well, guess who else has one thing up their sleeve? You can take away all their money. Now, let me tell you something. You take away all their money in the global economy, they still have wealth within their nation, and they still have those nukes. Mm -hmm. You push them, you push them enough, and pretty soon the big guy going to hit back. Yeah, it's and true. you know, and if all we got are, are left is or to lob the nukes, well, where are we going with this? Because that's what we got left. But something happened last night. I don't know you know this happened, but uh, it, it was an eye opener. We're all looking at the Ukraine and what's happening with uh, Russia, and right. I'm watching television about eight twenty, and all of a sudden a bulletin comes on that air raid sirens are going off in Japan. Why? Over Tokyo. Because North Korea launched. Oh, they fired that missile, yeah. Fired a missile, and they thought it was going to go over. I guess it did go over the island and landed in the, in the, uh, in the sea. But they weren't sure if it was going to make it. It was so iffy that they set off the air raid warnings in Tokyo. Trump actually had Kim Jong-un under, uh, you know, under his thumb. He, he had him at bay. Yep. Kim is, you know, he's, he wants to be, um, a, a force on the world stage. He wants to be acknowledged and he wants to be recognized. And so now the guy that he respected that could keep him at bay is no longer in office. He doesn't have respect for Biden. And so what is he doing? He goes, Hey, I got nukes too. And until you, you know, consider me, respect me, I'm going to fly these things. He's shot. Had Kamala Harris's plane for what she said, you know, now, obviously if they wanted to hit it, they could have hit it. But at some point in time, this guy is going to say, screw it. I'm not getting the attention I want. Let's hit him. And he knows well, China will back him up. Do you remember, I guess about four or five years ago, there was a lot of talk about the possibility of North Korea launching a nuclear a missile and having it explode in the atmosphere setting off an EMP that would knock out our entire electrical grid. That was mm -hmm. discussed. I think we talked about it in the beginning of our series here. I mean, when we first started doing our show, we might've mentioned it at some point about North Korea having the ability to set off an EMP. They do have that ability. If they were to launch a, uh, a nuclear weapon and have it explode over Kansas, the effect would be devastating. Yeah, or e even in the Northeast, uh, there are a couple of spots. There, I believe it's, I think there are four or five relay, key relay stations. Yeah. And they're in a particular region. And if you knock them out, and they're old, they're, you know, yeah, they, we update stuff, but they're still basically old. And even though there are all kinds of conduits and offshoots of it, you can you hit those five and you can do it with one EMP, mm -hmm. the entire United States grid is shut down. We will be without power and you'll, you'll turn on your lights. They won't go on. You'll right. wake up in the cold in the morning. The radio's not going to be working because it's dead. Radio stations are dead unless they got EMP protection. Most of them do, but not all of them now in this day of corporatization. That, so that's dead. Well, I'm going to get in my car and go see what's happening. No, you're not. Click, 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 click. It's not going to run. And what are they trying to force on the American people? Electric cars. Unbelievable. Now, the only way you can protect an electrical device 
If you have walkie-talkies, get a shoebox, line the inside of it with aluminum foil and the lid with aluminum foil. That creates a Faraday cage. All that is is when the EMP signal hits it, it, it travels yeah. around the foil, but it can't go through it to knock out the device. You could take chain link and you know run it over in your garage, up the walls, the ceiling, the garage door. You got a Faraday cage. It would protect your vehicle. Then you could drive it afterwards, but you'd be the only one on the road and everyone would yeah. be chasing your you, car. You won't be able to get any gas unless you have a hand pump because the pumps won't work. Someone said, well, you know, maybe I'd be one of the 40% of the people who lives after a nuclear attack. And what? Well, you know, what are you going to eat? The food is going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to, to eat the your lettuce and your tomatoes because they're going to be covered with uh, with fallout. Um, your water is going to be contaminated. The, the filtration systems they got, even the one you got. Yeah. It's not going to take the uh, the radiation out of that water. You got to wonder why the politicians are so determined to move in this direction. I have not heard one politician come out and say enough is enough. This talk of nuclear war has got to stop. I have not heard one politician, Lindsey Graham, the fathead, is out there talking about how we got to be more involved and send more help and do whatever has to be done to help the Ukrainians. And, Bill, it's to your question that you asked yesterday. Why? Yeah. Why? Three letters. W-H-Y. Why? And that is the question everybody should answer. And the one thing that they should remember are two letters. Go. And another word, vote. It's the only chance we got if we're allowed to even yeah. vote in November. We have to vote. Uh, I don't have a lot of hope in our election system. I think they will, again, manipulate it and try to pull a plug. President Trump said at the rally on Saturday, we have to overwhelm them. He is right if they let us vote. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call the election right now. I am going to say it's going to be a big blue wave, and you won't even see that wave in the horizon on the ocean because oh, it's going much to, be to what the we're surprise! Told. Oh, isn't that a surprise? It was uh, a beautiful day on the beach. We didn't see that wave coming. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they are uh, talking about. I read it today: a ten percent swing since the last poll towards the Republicans, meaning we're moving, we're getting a bigger. A response from the uh, people who are being polled that they're going to vote Republican. And like you said, Bill, I don't think it means a damn to the people who actually do the counting. Uh, um, I think they're so going to manipulate it. The The numbers are coming up for Oz because Fetterman and his stance, he's an idiot. He's sick again, and we got a sick candidate. And his thing on crime to let, you know, even hardened criminals out now the Democrats are going, we're tired of all this lies. He's just trying to give a second chance to the, you know, the guys that were in on just light charges. Not true. Really? No, that's not true. And he's a criminal himself. He's He wants to raise taxes, but yet 66 times he's been sued for tax evasion. For those of you who don't know much about John Fetterman, because we have listeners all over the world. John Fetterman is running for the Senate against uh, Dr. Uh, Mehmet Oz mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania. If it were an honest, just, and fair world, there'd be no decision Questions. to be made. I mean, Oz is 
far and away the superior candidate and man. He's a, a distinguished a doctor. He's a cardiologist. He's a successful movie person. I mean, a television personality. He is just a guy who has really done a wonderful job with his life, and he wants to do the same in the Senate. This this guy Fetterman. He looks, if I were casting for an evil ogre villain in a movie, I would cast him. He looks like a Satanist. He wears the hoodie and he's bald and, and he has a, a, a mean and evil look. And he doesn't necessarily tell the truth. And I'll tell you why. First, I'm going to play a clip from Fetterman from, uh, I think it was 2015 or so. No, I'm sorry. It was just before he had a stroke in the springtime. This is Fetterman talking about what he believes in when it comes to guns, okay? And we need to eliminate the filibuster and get some important and critical pieces of legislation accomplished, including gun safety legislation. I've always supported a ban to the assault rifle uh, ownership. We should not have weapons of war in the hands of civilians. I have seen with my own eyes at, at, at the scenes in my community what a military-grade round does to the human body, and we have no need for civilians to own those kind of, of weapons. Now, you heard that. Now, I have a question for you, Bill. Would you call a 20-gauge shotgun a weapon of war? In the service, they carry shotguns. They yeah, carry I know they do. Yeah. But uh, he's against it. But Biden say, all you need is a shotgun. Well, yeah, but that's true. But Fetterman, well, he got caught pulling a 20-gauge shotgun on a black jogger in 2013. Listen. And I heard approximately a dozen or more what, what clearly sounded like assault rifle uh, gunshots go off. Mayor John Fetterman says he rushed his son inside, called 911, and took off in his truck after a masked man in black he saw running. But Chris Mayeras, the man Fetterman confronted, turns out to be an innocent jogger who police say had no weapon. There wasn't any assault rifle shots. It was bottle rockets behind the library. Mayor Fetterman did have a weapon. A 20-gauge shotgun in, in the, under the back seat of my truck, which I pulled out and I, I showed to just say, look, we're going to wait here and we're going to get this all sorted out when the police arrive. Mieras and the mayor tell very different stories. He says Fetterman followed me into North Braddock and pulled a shotgun and aimed it at my chest. Did you point the shotgun at him? No, I did not. I pointed it, you know, away so uh, that he would see that I was armed, but I did not point it at him. In fact, I didn't even have a round chambered or the uh, remove the safety at that point. For both men, it was frightening. North Braddock's police chief says his officers tell him the shotgun incident was over when they arrived. Nieras says that's not true. The police tried to laugh it off. I mean, there's a mayor with a shotgun and six other cops surrounded me. What else could I do but this? I believe I did the right thing, but I may have broken the law during the course of it. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly not above the law if, if, if I did. But what I did, I did in a split second in a, out of uh, concern as the father and, and the mayor. He's trying to make it like it's okay. He's trying to justify what he did. You know, it, it raises a question to me. I live in Pennsylvania. So do you. Now, I have a concealed carry permit, which means... I can have a gun on me, except in Philadelphia, where the mayor did an executive order. Uh, but I can have a gun on me. You don't have to know that I have it. I have the permit to have that. Also means that I can have a concealed gun in my car. This is an open, this is an open carry state. So in other words, you don't have to have the concealed carry, but you've got to have it there in obvious sight. His gun was under the seat. That is concealed. Does he have a concealed carry? 
I may have broken the law. That's number one. And number two, he's an idiot. If he's got a gun and he pulls it out, well, I didn't have any ammunition in the chamber and the, sa okay. the safety was on. I'm sorry. You pull a gun, you better be locked, loaded, and ready to fire. He said he doesn't believe that we should have weapons of war. reason why I asked you that question was in, in some military situations, guys will carry shotguns. Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's weapon. a good short range yeah, it's, weapon. It's a weapon of war. And he talks about, he says, I know what a weapon of war can do, an assault rifle round can do on a human body. Have you seen what a 20-gauge shotgun round will do on a human body? I mean, uh, he, the guy is talking out of both sides of his mouth. The guy is trying desperately uh, to be the next senator, but I don't know how anybody can vote for him. I say that, Bill, yet I go down the street and I will see uh, on occasion signs on front lawns from people who you would think would know better. You wonder, what are they thinking? They're voting Democrat. They don't care what he stands for. They're voting Democrat because that's what they've always done. That's what they've been told. Then, you know, Democrat good, Republican bad, and that's how they're voting. And they don't, they can't pull their head out of the sand to look around. Somebody said uh, recently, and I, I happen to agree with them, that uh, to a lot of people, liberalism is a religion. It's their religion. They don't believe in God, a lot of them. Many of them are atheists. Many are agnostic. So well, the substitute... Know, there's a line that, you know, and that is a distinction that they are drawing because they want to fight Christianity. They want to they, they challenge the Bible and God and everything, but they go, the other thing they go, well, I am not a Christian. No way, no how. I don't believe in it, but I'm a spiritual person. I was reading, I just saw this morning where, uh, I think it was in, in Indiana. It says, uh, Satanic Temple sues Indiana over abortion bans, claims it violates their religious rights. And they probably will be heard by the Supreme Court as some uh, some major judicial institution i'm not religious but i have religious rights if i am an atheist in other words i don't believe in god i believe in the devil oh i don't believe in either one or i'm spiritual you know what politics these days is a religion right you know i just said do, it liberalism is a religion does anybody understand the the lines have been blurred in the religious christian community so much that people that say they're spiritual, they may not be any of the above, or they may be, uh, you know, do they believe that there is a greater power, that there had to be a master creator that mm -hmm. created everything? If they believe that, then in a very basic sense, they believe in God. There had to be a master creator. So where are we, Bill, right now, our in country? Hell. We, this, I believe we woke up and we're living in hell. This new administration has come on board and destroyed our borders and our security as a country. They showed an airplane landing in a small airport in New York State yesterday. And do you know who got off that airplane? About 15 or 20 teenage girls unaccompanied by an adult. Teenage girls, illegals, who came across the border were put on airplanes and flown to New York State, and God knows where they were going, okay? But you've heard mm. of the word, the two words, human trafficking? 
Mm-hmm. Tell me that's not human trafficking to take a bunch of of single 15 or 16 year old girls or 13 year old girls and fly them to uh, some strange part in our country. Well, who was there to get them? There was a bus. They were, of course there, there was. There was two adults, and they, the New York State troopers, to their uh, credit, pulled them over, pulled the bus over and said, we've got word that you are trafficking young women here. And the I guess the official on the bus said, uh, we're taking them to some people who are going to receive them. Yeah. Didn't the say who the people, didn't say who the people were, but they, I think they must have used their, uh, some kind of uh, governmental. Diplomatic immunity. Whatever. Something like that. Some governmental swagger to uh, get them to back off. But I submit that Joe Biden may be the biggest human trafficker uh, in, in the world. Now, right wouldn't now. that be a howdy-do if the United States was into human trafficking? That would be a good... Well, I, I guarantee happening. you this. I guarantee you this. Whoever wants to be that investigative reporter, make sure you have your affairs in order because you will end up dead in a hotel room having a nice conversation with your loved one the night before and after you hang up the phone, you just miraculously uh, committed suicide. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it's like, so it's like, happy. It's yeah, like Tucker yeah. said, you know, but the guy who had four bullet holes in his head and they tried to say he committed suicide, you know. Um, yeah, and the gun was across the room. Who knows? You know, they. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and folks, it does happen. I just point to Fort Marcy Park and uh, for another I will time. I point to Pittsburgh in Tentacles of the Octopus. Story that goes way back to the Clinton administration with a newspaper reporter from the Post-Gazette that was doing a story on uh, a lot of the things that have elevated to what we talk about today. Mm -hmm. And he talked to his wife the night before, and he was happy and goes, I got I got a hell of a story. I'm coming home tomorrow. But the next day, he was found dead in his hotel room. The coroner showed up and said, yeah, he's dead. Ordered the body cremated immediately so there could be no forensic investigation. Wow. wow. And you ask, you ask old line reporters taking that story back into the 80s, and they'll say, yes. Um, I was thinking about Fort Marcy Park, and uh, who was it? Uh, they, they, oh, he, was, he was supposedly, uh, rumor was that he would, had a relationship with Hillary Vince, yes. Vince Foster. That's what I'm thinking. Vince of. Foster, yep. and they found her, her hairs yes. in in the car. And he he was, I think they said that he was had carpet fiber on him. They found his body yes. in Fort Marcy Park. There was no sign of struggle in the park. It was as if he had been taken there yeah. and dropped off there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was deemed a suicide. I yeah, think. it was a suicide. Yeah, he yeah. had a. Yes. He had a, a, a soiree in his mind with yes. Hillary. He smothered Got some of her hair, but yet he ended up in the park dead. He smothered himself in a carpet. What a way to go, you know? Yeah, he rolled himself up. <laughs> yeah, in, you know, amazing what he did. I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, President Trump yesterday filed a lawsuit against CNN. Good. For $475 million. Uh, the lawsuit was filed against CNN, and they're going to go after, in the long run, other major purveyors of the big lie hoax. You know, th these networks started calling the uh, challenging of the 2020 election the big lie. Yeah. And yeah. They, but that was an editorial statement. 
Yes, it is. And uh, you cannot sit there. Well, you know what? I've always had a problem with that. News is supposed to be the news. Now, we are clear about what we are. We're, we're, we're news, commentary, and opinion. So mm-hmm. we, we comment on the news. We have opinions. This is not, you know, we're not fiction. Right. But we can't sit there and say, you know, our opinion is fact. It might be fact based on the news that we know, but it's still at the end of this podcast. Right. It is my opinion. I am responsible for my thoughts, and I'm allowed to have those just like you are and you listening are. That's all there is to it. Now, I would say with CNN being sued, there were a lot of people that wanted to sit there and take that and take that little narrative and, and embellish it a little bit. I think the, the cornerstone is going after, like you said, the entity we talked off mic earlier. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I still say you got to go after all the players that were a part or participant in it. They're doing that, you know, with their, oh, they're promoting, they're promoting the big lie. Go after them. You know, they're going after Mm -hmm. every Republican all the way down the line to the voters. He also said something which is interesting, if I can find it here. He's also going after, please stand by, I believe the January, yeah, uh, President Trump released a statement where he shared why he was suing CNN and why other entities and the January 6th commission may be next. So apparently he's going to go after the January 6th committee because he believes that they haven't done an honest uh, evaluation of what happened on January 6th. He says, hey, folks, I told Nancy Pelosi and uh, Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., that uh, I would be happy to send ten to 20,000 troops to D.C. to protect the Capitol and to keep the peace, and they turned it down. You know why they turned it down. And see, Nancy is being protected. Because what she knows that really happened and that they had meetings before and they took advantage of this to change the storyline into an insurrection, which it wasn't. But poor Ashley Bobbitt, now the story where uh, or the tape where Trump, you know, talked to her mother and said, this is terrible. You know, we can't let this go on. They're using that now, that tape, which was an innocent call has nothing to do with we got to rally up the tropes and go attack these bastards. That was never said in the phone call, never implied anything like that. But they're they're saying, well, you see, once you have these these evil, you know, imperialistic or whatever they call in him, uh, you know, uh, Nazi type people uh, that just want power, you can't do that. They're, they're getting this out of a single phone call. We're sorry for the loss of your daughter. This is you know, terrible. If you ever saw, I don't know whether you've seen it, Bill, Ashley Babbitt getting shot. Uh, it is the most uh, amazing and direct act of violence I've ever seen. It wasn't like it was a guy protecting himself. There was a wall, a, a door separating her from this Capitol uh, Police uh, Lieutenant, and for no reason, because they weren't, they hadn't broken through, okay? There was no door swinging open and people charging this guy. Um, He just raised his arm, he took aim, and fired right at her. It was, and you know, just before that happened, Bill, 
there were three Capitol Police standing in front of the uh, people who were trying to get through that door. They were on that side of the door, three Capitol Hill Police standing, guarding the door, and it, for no good reason, mm-hmm. I know they, they got saying. tapped on the shoulder. One of the guys said, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. Those three Capitol Hill Police worked their way around the crowd, left it unattended, right? They got out of the line mm-hmm. of fire for this lieutenant, and then the lieutenant shot Ashley Babbitt. It was deliberate, it was intentional, and it was criminal. Well, there's the guy that did the testimony on the January 6th, the guy that supposedly got beat up. wasn't during the uh, insurrection, it was afterwards. And then he suffered all kinds of maladies. And, of course, he's sitting there. He gets on uh, whatever the uh, the blowhard is for the uh, the left on late-night TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got on that show. And all he could do is sit there and call names at everybody on the right. And if you ever notice, when liberals yeah. sit there and attack, they do it in a very vile, sure mean do. way. And... Uh, and then you know when you, you haven't got facts, Bill, then slander and and besmirch someone. You know what I'm saying? When you that's haven't, that's all got, they do. Yeah, that's exactly. And you know right. what? Besmirch them back, but show up at the polls if they even have the the vote this year. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down and say, you know that the no, I'm not saying don't vote. I'm saying no. Let them prove me right that they're stealing the damn election. Go out and vote because. I'm saying it's going to be a blue wave that that doesn't exist that's going to come out there and win by a landslide. The last time that they did this, if you really go and look, the numbers don't add up. And when I say they don't add up, people voted that aren't account, you know that uh, more people voted than what you can account for. More than the population. You know what I kept thinking about last night? That oath that I took in the military, you know, to to protect Doesn't and defend squad anymore. against against enemies both foreign and domestic, and I I would submit that we have domestic enemies right now trying to destroy our country. So I sure as hell, I would. And like, the Democrats would say, "Yeah, it's you, Trump, and people like us. Uh, We're the enemies." Well, they would, I would submit. I would say they're wrong. They're wrong. I would say they're wrong too. Yes. But that's what they're doing because. They've made it very clear. Oh, you don't agree with what we're saying? You don't agree with what we're saying? Then you're an enemy. No. Why don't you show me why I should agree with what you're saying? Spell it out for me. Lay it out. Lay out your plan of what you're really trying to do. Because I see the evidence of what you've done, the open border, the the crime rate on the increase. I see what's going on in the Ukraine. I see how the economy's tanking. The Fed is going to raise the rate one more time. And now they say housing prices are down. Consumption is down. Business is down. It's working. I'm going like, yeah, you've killed the damn thing. Okay, we've just about uh, run the gamut. uh, We're out of stuff here. But I have one little thing I want to add here. Uh I thought this was interesting. This is a sign of our woke society. Our woke society. New York University, NYU, has fired an award-winning organic chemistry teacher after students petitioned to get rid of him for making the course too hard. Think about that for a second. Uh, you mean I got to study? Oh, my God. 
I can't. Wait, I can't wait, wait. cheat online. Wait. I can't go and look up the test questions you're, online and cheat. Wait, you're having tests? We're going to get an exam? Oh, no, I can't do this. Oh. Guy was an 84, he's an 84-year-old retired Princeton University professor who was working part-time at NYU, and he, he, I guess he put, he wanted to actually teach these kids about organic chemistry, and they just didn't want to learn. And who won? Did the guy win? Did, no. Did NYU go out and say, okay, we're on the side of our, uh, our teacher, our professor? No, no, no. They got rid of him. They got rid of hey, him. You got to hey, just it. think, though, you know, with COVID and everything that went on, there was a lot of people that were doing courses online. So the next time you go into the doctor and there's a new doctor there, just remember, he got his, his, oh, doctor. no. I know what you said. He got said. his doctor's license <laughs> yes. online. Oh, great. <laughs> I hope he's not a surgeon. Anyway, friends, have a wonderful day. We'll do it again tomorrow, Bill. All right. You promise? If the sun don't rise, wait, if the sun. Well, how is that going? Yeah, something like that. Is it yeah. sun rises and the creek don't shut? Oh, forget about it. It's, <laughs> yeah, sun's full of something, but we'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Bye, Bill. See ya.